racing to the final furlong and it's Highfield Princess from at the centre Monish to Eros and Psyche's appearing with Flotus but it's Highfield Princess in the lead shoots away as they run up to the finish Highfield Princess brilliantly pulls off a hat trick of group ones and the flying five from Eros and Psyche best of the rest pretty tame there late disappointing from the Irish caller he did have a big night though it's um it's an outstanding racing but it's worth going through those replays just for the just for the finishing flurry on a few of those races from the caller there, who famously um, spills his coffee into his lap at the finish of just about every group one. <laughs> but that was your highest rated performance of the weekend. On a weekend that included meetings in Melbourne, Sydney, big meetings in Melbourne mm. and Sydney, Irish Champions Day, ARC trials, ledgers in both Ireland and England, and the highest rated performance of the weekend is an English sprinter. That sounds ridiculous. But it is what it is, and Highland Princess is on an absolute tear, and I was looking through it, and I'm sure this is forever. I got back 12 years, but I'm sure this holds true forever and a day, is that the Flying Five winner has never outrated the Irish champion winner. But with me, anyway, on the weekend, she did. And she's been one of the great stories of the season. I mean, she's not nature trip. She's run to 125 there, but she's now run to 125 in her last two. She's got... So she started this year rated 116, but she ran between 105 and 110 far more often than that. And now she's gone. All of a sudden, she just blew the clock up, blew the clock to bits at York, ran to 122. It looked a little bit of an outlier, and now she's gone 122, 115, 122, 125, 125, and put three great ones on the bounce. And yeah, as I said, first time, surely ever, but at least in a dozen years, that the flying five winner has. Outrated the Irish champion winner, Luxembourg, ran to 124, which is equal in that same time span with Decorated Knight as the lowest mm. rating winning the, the Irish champion stakes. And the other little fun fact there, bringing us back on home, is that Thunderstruck ran to 124, winning the Maccabi Diva, and only once in that 12-year period that I bothered to check. And again, one in 12 must flatter the Maccabi Diva, I would think, but only once has the Maccabi Diva outrated the Irish champion. It was Decorated Knight ran to 124. The great Humidor oh, the champ. ran to 126 that year. And he's actually, a Humidor and Weekend Hustler are the only two Maccabi Diva winners to outrate Thunderstruck. Palantino, Dissident, same. Shocking, same. Yep. Um, so there's, there's been other good winners on Thunderstruck's level there, but um, only Weekend Hustler and a Humidor that was in the zone. That Do you remember that when he just blew Hartnell and Blackheart Bart away? And a couple of starts later he ran Winks closer than... Any horse ever did in a grand final. I really liked Humidor. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is the Maccabi Diva the race that if you win, you never win another race during the spring? Oh, that was a thing a few years ago until they started winning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's – I can't remember off the top of my head, but I remember that used to be a thing. It's a bit unfair on Humidor to say he didn't win again after he – ran wings to a nostril. Yeah, as well. and of course they always had to conveniently forget that we can hustle on everything. So <laughs> if you ignore the times when they win everything, they don't win. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so that was out of all of that, the highest rated horse was Highfield Princess. But Thunderstruck was awesome as well and when I rated the Irish champion and it came in one twenty four, I thought, wow, we're actually gonna get a a home ground highest rated horse because you know, we'd it's like a count back system. Mm. We'd count back and, and just put in our local bias and say, well, Thunderstruck's highest rated horse anywhere in the world from the weekend, but no, a thousand metre horse in, in Britain. I don't think many people believe that, will they? I think I'm nuts. Although she's, my goodness, she's been... Um, what do you mean, think? 
she's been something. She's not been nature strip level, but there has been a real obvious hierarchy over there since in the vacuum that he left. So she's Eduardo. Yeah, yeah. I think that's well, the ratings will tell you. And actually the the way she's bulking those ratings up around the same around the same level is very Eduardo like as well. And at a very similar level. So yeah. He is a very he's sort of a a not obvious but very good comparison. Well done. Thank you. The interesting thing with I'm Thunderstruck is that he might not have been the top rated on your numbers, but I tell you what he was. He was top rated on the team Believe Your Eyes. Because yeah. that was a hell of a win. Yeah. And I mean to to rain in alligator blood full it of was home. Like and ran right right up to his best, better than his Stradbroke win went enormous too. And to really min as well, he had to run him down. Mm. So I suppose that's the other reason Thunderstruck would have beaten Luxembourg in my mind yep. on a countback is that he um the, those closing splits to go and get him, it wasn't alligator blood curling up. He had to go and get him, and he did, and it was awesome. It really was good. He would have been great for this as well because Matt Hill's call naturally was outstanding. So, yeah, it's a real shame that Highfield prints it, and it's a shame that I'm such a stickler for the rules. You know, without rules, there's chaos. <laughs> but I think it was a really good sign for Thunderstruck because we touched on, for those that saw the Group 1 predictor at RNS over the weekend with I'm Thunderstruck, he had a bank of ratings below that figure, but... That was his best first up performance to date and we were hoping he would build on it. The market anticipated he would and he did, which is always good when it lines up as you expect. Yeah, that's true. There was a big question asked of him and at the 400 it was really asked of him um, and I sort of had it in my mind, okay, he was terrific in the Doncaster. He was great in the All-Star Mile before that. He's been His Turak win last year was great because it was brave and he'd spiralled through the, the winter as a cool sectionals horse. So there's lots to like about him, but there was still that niggle. Are you a Group 1 horse or are you just a great handicapper with delusions of grandeur? But no, that's um, that's good enough on Saturday, 124. Cox Plate will be... So Animo's 125. He's competitive with him now. Splitting hairs, obviously, 124, 125. Who do you want right now? I think he'd still want to have Animo. I think he's probably got that... Probably... A better chance of going one two six seven, which is where you need to. I mean, even if we take winks out, the winks effect out of things, um, you still the Cox Plate still holds up and takes a lot of winning. And it's at the moment, it's probably all these horses that we're looking at for the Cox Plate are coming in a level below where we would expect that to to be won. I think the scary thing for Thunderstruck is he's ran a new peak first up, as in his best performance first up to date. But Animo did as well. But Animo did it at a higher level than what I'm um, Thunderstruck did second up. So if Animo can build on that in the George Main, well, he might put himself out of Thunderstruck's reach. Yeah, that sort of depends how you view these things as well. So my twisted ratings. The twist. My, my twist the twat ratings. ratings. If I'm just going to drag a little sheet out here. I've got a million things printed out as per. So I make Thunderstruck there and Alligator Blood actually the one-two performances of the season so far. And both just... a a pound better than Animo and Eduardo and Zaki and then Mr. Brightside. And we may as well keep rolling down the list, then Rothfire and Snapdancer. So that's your sort of... That's your hierarchy at the that's moment. That's your hierarchy so far. At Blanco HQ. At Blanco HQ. But none of them have hit a level yet that I would be saying, okay, well, that's... None of them have run what I would call a group one. I mean, we're so close. Because yep. I arbitrarily, I just say 125 is group one level. And as a general rule, if you run 125, if you're a horse that can run 125 on this twisted scale, you will measure up to a Group 1 race in any racing jurisdiction on the planet. How good are these twat ratings? 
pretty good, mate. <laughs> um, and I think Thunderstruck is now on the the cusp of that. So, and he, he finished, as I said, he finished full of running. So the one twenty four has a you know one twenty four plus. He's um in another situation, and with a you know an even stronger gallop and a chance for him to wind into it a bit sooner, he's you know, potentially goes even a bit better than that. I don't think Alligator Blood could though. I think that's the full alligator. I think Tim got everything out of him. Good ride, Morikawa, nominee, nominee. But he, we'll, we won't get there yet. But he's um, spoiler, he will fail. <laughs> the biggest flop of the week wasn't hard to find this week. I feel a lot of the market contenders ran well, certainly locally. One that didn't across the ditch was Imperatrix. How's your uh, How's your five to two looking in the Empire Rose after that stink bomb? Well, your five to two in the Empire Rose. Does look better than your one to two did in the Tarzino because <laughs> you've already ditched it. <laughs> At least you can still cling on to hope mm. in the other one. So yeah, Imperatrice, 118 in the lead up, and down to 105 here. It was very heavy ground. The going was over 200, so it was um, it was testing. It was back to it's the ground that we were sort of seeing it and and some in Ramwick at Ramwick in over the championships. So we were back. I say back to we were we were in. Desperately heavy ground there. And, um, yeah, she she hugely disappointed. Down by 13. There's some honorary mentions here. Fireburn was actually further off her form, but the market expectation wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But And I'll get your view here because my view is – so she's Fireburn's rated 118 and she's turned up here and run 102 first up. So she's a long way off her best. But I think she shaped really well later on and I actually think it was fine. It's all got to do with expectation, of course. So if you're, you know, okay, you're 118 filly and she's turned up in a race where In Secret's run 115 to win it. And so Fireburn is, who's a better filly? In Secret's just smashed her up. She's got one 115 rating. Fireburn's got two 118s and a 115, but they were six months ago up to their knees. I think it's all track dependent. So Fireburn, fine? Not fine? I thought it was fine. Do you think she'll get anywhere near that level again? How much rain's coming? Yeah, okay, so you're saying it's all on the weather. I think so. I mean, Portelli, we mentioned it on the preview show, had no idea. And I feel like she ran a no-idea race. You don't know if it's good, you don't know if it's bad. Yeah, I, I, I liked what she did late. But I liked what she did late from a um, just trying to view her in a completely different context. So not trying to view her as a um, golden slipper winner who should be back with a bang, but trying to view her as a... If she was just kicking off with no fuss around her and she was being aimed at the flight slash thousand guineas slash wakeful, which is, I mean, she won't waste her time in the wakeful, but if that was the path that she was taking, you'd say, oh, she, you know, yeah, 1200 was a little bit sharp on the on the good ground there, but she hummed up through the line pretty nicely, ran to 102 and she'll leave that behind next time and run something like 110, which is, there's not a Phillies race in the spring that's 110 is not in the game at the very least. If it's a dry track in the Golden Rose, I'm going to say no. But if it's wet, I feel she's won. If she's going to be double figures in the Golden Rose, I feel like you're not going to lose on the race with her. Yeah. Actually, that's a good way of putting it. She's now um, – I'm interested because I think others won't be. Mm. And I don't, but I don't think she's – I think it's all just to do with the angle, you, the angle from which you view her. I think the difference for her is that she could be better, whereas a lot of the horses in the Beaten Brigade aren't. Mm. No, I, exactly right. That's the other, in a strange roundabout way, positive for Fireburn is that Best of Bordeaux, well-ridden this time, pulled driver out of the bag, went whack, 
given a 10, another Morikawa nominee, J-Mac, Best yep. of Bordeaux. Spoiler, fall short. But he got the best out of Best of Bordeaux, who was right back to his slipper rating. Mm. That Legit. adds a bit of de- a bit of confidence to that slipper rating. So there's there's everything to say, yeah, Fireburn ran to 118 in the Golden Slipper. It's just that that happened to be on very heavy ground and blah, blah, blah. But it's still there. And it's a fairly confident 118. She really was that good that day. Oh, she won running away from them mm. and did it after copping a check. So I, I'm not done with her. Mm. No, Best I think you make a good point. gone. Yeah, I think, you've, I think you've summed that up. Well done. I think you've summed that up right. The winners smashed the rest and Fireburn's the only other one that I could be interested in. Political mm. debate. Oof. The market told us there. I tell you what, Sharp and Smart. Was a uh, I haven't uh, I haven't been crawled over it just yet, but uh, if the Believe Your Eyes guys were not like what they saw in New Zealand, oh, was it ugly? Well, it was. Uh, you know what it was? It was tradesman like. Oh. It was like Baid in the Queen Anne, mate. <laughs> <laughs> just tradesman like. No, it, it did look. Um, he was racing a bunch of horses that were rated in the eighties, and he he outscrapped them. I suppose if he's on a Derby path, yeah. I mean, no, I'm not. That's fine. But at the same time, there's going to be. He's not coming to win the Golden Rose. Oh, God, no. Quick question. Who out of the Godolphin pair would you rather in the Golden Rose after Saturday? Um, having not really given it much thought, I was probably, in the moment, I was probably more impressed with Golden Mile, mm. but I'm I'm a ratings guy and I have to stick to my guns and she outran him. Yeah. Yeah, she, she finished well. I mean, well, look, the time figure was actually um, stronger for Golden Mile, so maybe there's not a lot in it. I like the setup for Golden Mile. Mm, I think I'm. I must say, I think I'm more interested in. I think he's a cooler horse. Yeah, as a race fan, he he grabs me a lot more than In Secret does. Well, his dad looked pretty good in the Golden Rose. A Stern. Mm. So he's now the second highest rated for a Stern. Can you name me number one? Um, is it Sarah Des? Ah, you're good. You're very good. She hasn't been back, has she, since that romp at Morfordville? No, she has not. She has not. You know what race they'll be setting her for is the um, Furphy Sprint on Derby Day. Lock it in. <laughs> Lock it in. And there'll be pre-post markets up for that, for sure. Yeah. I don't think uh, we've seen the end of Golden Mile, though. I think he's still got more to come. Yeah, that's why. I mean, he's a, he's a nice horse going the right way in a hurry. So, in secret, has outrun him here. I, if, I had to, um, if I had to guess... I would say he will be a better horse than her by the end of the season. Well, I'd say he goes to the Golden Rose, wins or runs well, and then probably wins the Caulfield Guineas would be my plan for him. It's a nice plan. The word probably in there and probably wins seems uh probably wins says you've got him odds on. If he <laughs> if he runs if he runs top three in the Golden Rose, he'll oh Berkeley Square. Okay. That's the only danger in Melbourne. Yeah, there's still a lot to happen. We say that every year, but then the Golden Rose form just comes down and takes care of you a lot. Yeah, I, unless you actually look at the results. <laughs> <laughs> what happens is the Golden Rose form comes down. Sometimes it wins, and the years when it doesn't, it starts favourite anyway, and so everyone just goes, yeah, I basically won. Any rules? It's like, what about when you don't? Yeah, but you know, all those times we did. Yeah, right. I mean, you sent down Kevin Tari, this big, shiny, black monster. He looked magnificent. He couldn't beat Mighty Boss. You're going a fair way back now, aren't you? Super Seth knocked you off. It's not all, it's not all smooth. Sailing. You've named two. <laughs> <laughs> Name me the Golden Rose winners That have gone down The yeah. Autumn Sun My favourite ever statement. of all these The Sydney rules Like people just betting on geography Instead of actually bothering to measure these things And you know A fast horse is a fast horse Okay Was when Elise went down And I happened to be in the Sydney media room And honestly There were people there that Like You'd think there'd been a death 
when she got beaten the <laughs> thousand. Aloysia just smashed her up, just went past her. It was like, well, something's well. The universe doesn't make sense all of a sudden. It's like, what if she's better than what if she's better than her mate? Couldn't fathom it. <laughs> got him again, beauty. Oh, do you know? Before we go, I scribbled this down, so I may as well get it in there. Yep. So basically, just turning right back and with complete no context. Imperatrice, I was going to say, so Imperatrice ran fourth, so it's all well as me. She's gone fourth in the Tarzino. Lion Tamer in 2011 rode a fourth in the Tarzino to winning the Underwood next start. So your five to two Empire Rose might even be strengthened, history says. How do you find that? I go looking. That was actually the strongest of the the strongest of the Tarzinos. I thought it was going to be fourth of the year nominee. That's why. You well, she's it. she's a candidate now. Mm. Maybe that's why she. She threw the toys out of the cot and ran fourth because she wanted to be a nominee. We let her know the rules that this was Australian-based. Sorry, love. (laughs) (laughs) We do want to keep this short, but we don't want to get you too rolled up, but Road to the Coonji certainly heats up on the weekend. It is a massive weekend for Road to the Coonji. We'll look at that when we do the preview show, but we've got Naturalism in the Kingston Town, two of the um, famous Coonji lead-ups, and even the Newcastle Cup. On Friday. And you never know, the George Main might throw something up. Oh, it's a, it's a big weekend for Road pumped. to the Country. I saw Converge is um, after just running an absolute howl of first up, but he's in the George Main. Yep. He'll probably get smashed up. Yep. Um, but hopefully he runs well enough and it's just a complete reboot and think, mm, he is looking for further. To the Caulfield Cup? Mm, but yes. we'll need a bridging run to the Coonji. <laughs> Converge has got a bit of a Coonji vibe. Uh, drinking game for anyone playing along at home this week. How often they say the shorts is a mini Everest, oh. and every time they do, you drink, and you'll be lucky to make the opener. I make think. sure you lay down a tarp. <laughs> <laughs> now, the Colin Morikara, we've had a few notable nominees, Tim Clark aboard Alligator Blood, J-Mac on Best of Bordeaux, but they did not land the money. They didn't, and the Morikawa goes to Jai McNeil in the last at Mel- in Melbourne at Flemington on Fajita San, and having talked about Golden Mile being a good winner of a bad race... Berkeley Square here was a good winner of a – bad race is too harsh, but it's not a – Not a good one. No, I don't think so. And Fajita San, who was – and not completely unjustifiably – pegged up as a Caulfield Guineas potential – He was favourite. He was favourite. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, no, maybe it's not. I don't know. But he got the peach of all peaches from Jai McNeil. By our measure of things, he could not have ridden Fajita San any better. Couldn't have given him a better chance to run fast. And he ran slowly. And this returned a really slow time figure. Again, And it's a very easy comparison race. Which is some, you know, which is interesting. And then Berkeley Square was completely gone. He was slaughtered and bolted in. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was given no chance and bolted in. Yeah. Which probably says something about the, the horses behind. There's still a few horses there that are um, candidates to improve just for experience, getting a bit more street smart and getting over further. Tier 1 is one of those who we – he was the Morikawa for Mick D two weeks back. Yep. Did he improve? Um, he improved slightly and I think he can improve again. But again, the thing is it's slight. Yeah. I think what he's doing is getting really nice scenarios and, I mean, he's only been beating a neck here. So, and I think we said, well, I say we, I think I said, you know, he was just about max lay off that last one. <laughs> yeah, well, he was. He didn't win. Got beaten neck. <laughs> but he ran well, but he's run to, he's now run 100, 103. And I think he's probably a tiny bit better than that. 
but that's not going to win you any. It might win him. You know that the Wednesday Flemington meeting and they run the Derby trial there. It's good enough to win that. The superimpose eighteen hundred improves again. Maybe he can win something like that. But by the time we get to the Norman Robinson and the Vars, it should be harder. Yep. So he'll need to take steps that I don't quite see just yet. But then again, something's got to win these races. Elliptical was okay. There's, a, I mean, there's a few. He's heavens okay. You could even say Fajita Sam was okay, but all given an opportunity to run faster, and they didn't, which is a concern. And I think Berkeley Square, as you said, he's, he's belted them up, really. We talked about Team Hawks being very ice cold leading mm. into it. It was a big weekend for them. Their only winner was Slowmark in an 88. So they, their winner was getting 110 horse to win a benchmark 88. So I'm not exactly crediting – it's not a credit to Connections. No. Although they did get him, you know, he's had – he ran a shocker at Bendigo before a break. So they, and, you know, he's improved, obviously, at least in his manners for the cut. And he put in and he ran a good rating. But yeah, their, their big pivot point day where they had a lot of good horses in. I think Electric Girl ran really well for them. It's like she's run a peak. So they're. Mr. Mozart was a funny run. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, he ran fine, right? Mm. I mean, you could. He looked gone, but then almost yeah. won. So I think they're still. Um, I mean, it's not like they forgot how to train overnight. No. So they'll get they're, back to. They haven't gone full Danny O. But they have had a <laughs> But they have had a um I mean Danny O's been underwhelming the market for years. They've been underwhelming the market for months. Mm. So that's probably just short term noise. I did look that up. Five years because I saw he's he's getting some heat. Yeah. For and being so cold. Yeah, and he, I mean he hasn't tra- I mean his last three months have been even chillier than his year long chilly stats. <laughs> he's been chilly for a year or two giving the market 0.7 winners for every one they want. And he, as a general rule, over five years, he's, he's not quite given the market the winners that they want from him, but close enough to par, which you'd expect over a longer period of time because it's where we're measuring the market as much as the man. Yeah. Um, but the market at the moment is treating him like someone who trains a lot more winners than he does. He trains, a, I think he's probably, he probably does fit that mould a little bit of like, Gets his hands on some good horses, but he's a um, bit of a grand final guy, isn't he? He gets a lot of horses beaten. Like Young Werther ran really well first up, but he hasn't won a ra- He's a bang on 113 horse. Good horse. You know, at 113, he even that one day against Incentivise pulled out a 116, I think. So he does even have a slightly better run than that, placed in a derby, but he hasn't won since his debut. I mean, the people kill for a 113 horse. He win a lot of races with a 113 horse. He's won a maiden. He's run some great races in big races, but I think that's a bit Danny O. Yeah. yeah. So he'll, you know, he'll train young Verda really well. He'll place him, he'll run him through. He'll probably run a massive placing in a Caulfield Cup or something. But he won't win anything. The if you're punting, you, uh, you don't care. Is John O'Shea a fair comparison? Or? I know what you're saying, but no. <laughs> Johnny O is a, for someone who's like, persona or you know people know him as being grumpy john i must say the few times i've like i've not really have not really met him but seen him at the races and had media dealings or whatever with him he's i actually think he's a really nice guy mm. and don't know where i mean i kind of get where the grumpy john thing comes from but i don't think it's quite real but given that he has this persona as grumpy john and things and not being the you know flash media savvy guy he does seem to get a lot of headlines and a lot of boom up. Mm. Like if a horse wins a Canterbury Maiden, for him, it seems to be, well, which group one are you winning with it? <laughs> and 
Whereas that, you know, Kim Waugh wins a maiden at Canterbury and it's like, okay, where are you going to 72? And then Zoo Tiger off the Kenzo maiden, bizarrely jump favourite on Saturday. There was a bit of, bit of Johnny O spin on that one. Mm. Mm. The Taylor Penrith, who didn't flush it on the weekend. Tell you what will be interesting. If Morikawa and Penrith face off. President's Cup. How good. It's coming. Can we, do they, can, do they sponsor head-to-heads? That, that match, Morikawa v Pendrith, brought to you by the Punters Preamble. That'd be right. That'd be great. <laughs> it's not here this year, though, is it? It's in America. Mm. Uh, when they come back down to Melbourne in a couple of years, we'll, um, we'll get him on the show. Well, Colin, Colin's been asking to come on, but I said, well, no, because you're embarrassing us because we've put you up as the flusher and you barely hit one out of the screws in six months, mate. You should <laughs> I'd have you on the show, but we both know you should be on the range. Pendrith goes to B Preble on Great House. It's amazing how many Pendriths are Chris Waller. <laughs> Slaughter to instructions. It's a lovely kickoff for him. Yeah. Great house. He's probably the problem Great House has is that he's got almost no option but to target the Caulfield and Melbourne Cups and he's almost no chance of winning them. He's probably gonna run really, really well in them and run fifth and fifth and sixth. Get a market on that? Have to. <laughs> They'd still do cups doubles? Can I back him to run fifth and sixth? <laughs> No, they're correlated outcomes, mate. We can't see you. <laughs> but he shaped really, really well there and Macram did. I mean, if winning the Pendrith is very Waller, winning this race with Macram is very David. Oh, not David anymore, sorry. Ben and JD Hayes. David's gone, but the Hayes polish remains. Coming off an absolute wipeout, just get on. And, I mean, his chances of following this peak up with another one, are, he's got no chance next time. They're, they're very... <laughs> He, that stable and Basutna are almost the same. Loathe backing them off a peak. Love backing them off a flop. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. But anyway, Great House and Young Verda were the two horses that shaped up here. It wasn't a strongly run race. To be fair, Macram did as well, but I'm sort of, I've nailed my colours to that mask, so I may as well see it through. Yep. Um, so, yeah, uh, honorary mentions for that in Sydney, if it was going to go to Sydney, and we could be accused here of um, Melbourne bias, giving both... Pendrith and Morikawa in Melbourne. Um, and bagging Sydney before as well. What a jeez. You're giving me too much airtime. <laughs> uh Jay Collett on Kiku was what are you doing, son? Yeah, slaughter to win. Yeah. She's um She's a funny she ass. ran right to her best, but then finished full of running as well, as if she might be even better than ever, but surely not. She for she a few times has looked like a coming superstar, Kiku, and then hasn't really gone on with it, but that was some win on the mm. weekend. I was going to give other honorary mentions. Damien Lane on Scolopini. That is a gem. Yep. Got him to run brilliant time and the rides win the race. And Mick D missed the boat. Well, I say missed the boat, that's harsh. I mean, Mick D gave Pinstripe the exact ride Pinstripe was always going to get to. And he hung. Yep. So I, I absolutely couldn't possibly pin that on Mick D at all. No. I was about to just go on a rant and like, hang on a second, that's completely wrong. Um, but the, the pace of the race and the way that all worked out was the difference. And Pinstruck ran every bit as well as the winner despite the big margin. The other honorary mention, Paddy Maloney on Typhoon Titmus. Won't get any headlines, but it should. Would not get a better ride. And, well, this is my favourite one. I really wanted it. It's a shame that it just got edged out by um, Jai in the last had to go all perfect on Fajita-san because I really wanted to give it to Craig Newitt on Buenos Noches. <laughs> <laughs> They've overdone it a bit in front and he was just smoking the pipe, just pacing things out beautifully, Craig. The frog back in business and just gives that an absolute perler to win there. 
Don't watch the replay. <laughs> yeah, until Blake Sheen nearly sprawled him over the Flemington track. My goodness. Getting in the way of a um, perfect ride like that. No, he's a liability, Craig. <laughs> Get ready. It's time for Around the Grounds. We're going to extend the grounds to the globe. Around the globe, yeah, we're going around the globe. So Melbourne, Thunderstruck, best time figure, would you believe it? But the time is a – so he's run a speed figure of 117 and finished fast. So it'll be well into the 120s, hence he's rated 124. There's the substance. There's substance on the clock. Um, Golden Mile is actually the best time in Sydney and did it stylishly. But as we said, he looks like the good winner of a pretty basic race, I thought. We talked about it on the previous show going in. So, yeah, at the time, Zoo Tiger was second pick off a of maiden and then you had Conqueror off nothing. Mm. And that was your race. And they were no good. Mm. The best runs away from Golden Mile. So second and third have just run second and third because something had to. But Flag of Honour, probably the, the best other run. Well, not even probably. Absolutely was the best other run in the race. And you know what? Williamsburg, not horrible. I still don't really know what Williamsburg's, you know, he's going to get punished by the handicapper here and for what he did it too. He got away with a bizarre scenario at two that he won't get again and he's probably, you know, the handicapper will punish him for it. But he did run quite well there. Uh, Irish Champions Day, so we mentioned that Highland Princess was the best rating of the weekend, tipping out Luxembourg and Kiprios, who was terrific, rallying under pressure. And I love horses like, did you see that? Did you see Kiprios just responding to the great Ryan? I've, as someone who likes betting against horses like that, I didn't though last night, but as someone who likes betting against horses like that, and you know, boomed up, off wins, and rightly so, he's a good horse. Trying to beat Ryan and Galileo and Aiden with those, the horses like that. Oh, if you backed Hamish in that, I've been there. He's just impossible to get past him. Like, Ryan is so strong and those Galileos are just so willing. It's a little wonder he's, he make it as a stallion Galileo. Not down here. <laughs> no, they don't go here, of course, except the ones that are trained by people from <laughs> from anywhere else. But the speed figure on the card is the two-year-old filly. This is um for our, like, Bruce Award. Isn't that so exciting? We like to find something, you know, from the French provinces or the all-weather or something out in Perth or something like that. But I tell you what, we could just about throw a Group 1 winner up. Isn't that so exciting? Because um, Tahira. Oh, yeah. My goodness. So meditate, again, so I've just said, well, it's not Meditate's not by Galileo, but um, it is Ryan and Aiden with a filly in the zone, winning and given a great steer, charges on and goes to win her race. Now, they are not easy. A bit like Alligator Blood, that is not easy to peel back. It wasn't like Thunderstruck having to strain and stretch to get to alligator blood she gave her plenty of rope reeled her in and spat her out she gripped the ground like an f1 car and just quit whoa my goodness can you spell the name t-a-h-i-y-r-a and she is tanawa's sister interesting fun fact so she's rated she's run a speed figure here of 118 and she's done it running like that um, so Tanawa went zero from three as a two-year-old and she didn't get past 118 until the 12th start. Oh, wow. Then she won three group ones and then she ran second in Irish champion this day last year and then, or this weekend last year and then second in the arc um, and was 126 and a super, super mare. Yeah, baby sister by Siuni has got to 118 in two starts and my goodness, that will not be the lid. Doncaster Ledger Day best speed figure was Kinross. 
He's pretty well established at that level. But I'll tell you what, the second horse there is um, New Energy, I think it is. He's probably the horse to follow. He was set runner-up in the Irish Guineas. He was better here. Uh, and then we move on to Longchamp last night and Arc Trials will complete our round-the-globe speed figure-off. Three Arc Trials, one of much keener focus for Australian punters than others. Two of them were farcically run, which is pretty much tradition for these trials. They're, and one wasn't, which is nice because it gives you a nice time lead with the others just to, to sort of work around. And I think the interesting thing is, before we can have a little ramble about Very Elegant, but before we get there, the juice was in the strongly run race. Well, so um, That's not good. He still, he was set a bit of a task, I suppose. He had a lot of horse to, he had a lot of ground to make up on good horses, but he didn't make any and they weren't. You know, he wasn't zinging home, let's put it that way. And they've run, as I said, Sim Camille and Lasso. 118, 116 up the up the front end there and, and really fast time. So strongly run, really true. Sim Camille had run placed in the Grand Prix de Paris, which is the same race that produced uh, Ernesto to go and run second in the Irish champion and also El- Elgar Eldorov, who won the English St. Ledger. So how's the form of that looked over the weekend? The Grand Prix de Paris. Had a big weekend. And you know who split them all? El Bodegon. And you know where he's coming? Here. Ooh, very interesting. He's been to York since and he got beaten by Deauville Legend, his stable mate, who is now favourite for the Melbourne Cup and he's coming to the Melbourne Cup next. So that adds, um, when he went and lost at York there, that probably, he ran roughly to his number again. So he's, um, and then the form has worked out so well over the weekend for El Bodegon, but it kind of, I think what it does is more solidifies him 115 rather than suggests that he's better than that, if that makes sense. Yep. Because um, he went to York and gave up some of his opportunity to be better than that, or at least vastly better than that, I think, by getting beaten pretty much fair and square by Deauville Legend. But it probably, by proxy, adds a bit of um, substance and confidence to the 118 that Deauville Legend has got behind him, and his is on a upward plane as well. So... Stupid to think he would be favourite for the Melbourne or that he'd be interested in the you know, ridiculous early prices that they throw up. But um, he certainly belongs at the front of the betting yep. somewhere. Doville legend, that is. But El Bodegon will come here now with form lines too. So they will be probably a reduced number, I think, again from overseas, but they will be certainly um, front of house amongst those. Just on deduce, I think wet track could be an excuse for him. Because he's better than that. Are they that one-dimensional? I don't think they'd like to admit it. Like, ah, oh, like, oh, wet track, you know, that's a shame for him. Well, yeah, grit your teeth and get through it. Are you good horse or not? Mm. You know, you, are you that precious? Yeah. Bit, bit of rain on the ground and you turn it up. Come on. They tell us they're the strongest and the toughest. On concrete. Yeah. Well, this is, well, not very versatile, guys. <laughs> He says, is Japan Racing's biggest fan, but that's all right. I'm a fan of Japanese racing, but I'm a bigger fan of stirring the pot. <laughs> <laughs> the interesting one is the other two races were farcically run and very elegant led one at an absolute crawl, but she got blown apart by Erisine, who is a nice horse. Mm. Placed in this last year running 118, but runs right up to scratch for a winner of this at 121 this year. Better horse this year and quickened really nicely. So the shape of the race says that, if anything, the bubble gift and very elegant are flattered by how close to Erosine they are at the finish. He's running all over them late on, which you could see. You didn't need the you didn't need the sectionals to tell you that. You believe your eyes guys can uh, pick that one up. But I think what is interesting is that Bubble Gift is just nailed on 118. He runs it all the time. 
He ran it winning on this day last year. He won the Niel on this day last year. He ran it in the Grand Prix de Saint-Cloud the start before this. And everything says that he's run it again. And that makes Very Elegant run 118, which is essentially Very Elegant has basically run her modal rating, mm-hmm. the rating that she produces most. So this is this is her, other than the spikes, which have typically been into the low 120s and then one day was 127. But 127 came in a high-pressure Melbourne Cup on good ground. So it's a very different scenario to a, as I said, farcically run. This is a, as slowly run as the Romane. I mean, it was a, another... Complete farce. But she's run basically to the rating that she runs, which I think is interesting. And what will make them absolutely sick? Not that these things translate like this. It doesn't quite work like this. You can't just drop horses from one race into another. But it was 40 minutes later and the race shape is very similar around the same course and distance. Sweet Lady won the Group 1 pre-Vermay, where Very Elegant was always pointed towards. The Stablemates won it, running to 116. She's outrunner. <laughs> <laughs> so they've left the group one on the table. She could have produced exactly the same performance and been hailed a hero. Instead, she's run third to two better horses mm. than what turned up in the Phillies group one. Although if you get a look at, um, and I'll admit I'm absolutely talking through my kick here, but at the same time, have a look at Menta Tharbel's ride on Tuesday in the Phillies race, the Verme. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I think I have the bar a little higher than most for very elegant. Like she's done. Off that. Yeah, it's about as good as she goes, for the most part. As I said, that's her modal rating. That's the rating she runs more often than any others. She's done it here for years. How much below? But a 2400 metre rating is obviously higher than that. Um, not much. Caulfield Cup was about the same. A bit better in the Caulfield Cup, slightly. That was in the same. I mean, Anthony Van Dyke won this race, um, and that's who she repelled like a hero in the Caulfield Cup. It's not much better form. You made the point that, First run was inconclusive. Mm. This was more conclusive, although the, more pace, conclusive. the pace sets it up to be... She's led and walked and got run down like she's got yeah. no excuse. But see, it's another... Same as last time, though. It's an, Because of the pace, it's another race where I would be very wary about going really hard on any opinion. Yeah. So it's another very, very slow sit and sprint, um, which I don't think is ideal for her. As I said, her best... Where's the big peak performance come? It's coming in end-to-end two miles on good ground. This is the antithesis of that. But she's very brave and very honest and she's done what she... Well, is she very honest? Yeah, no, she is very honest. I think she's been terrific for so long. Um, I don't... I mean, I didn't think she could win the arc when she went over there. Of course I don't think she can win the arc. I don't think she should run in the arc. I think she should go to the uh, the Royal Year over 14 furlongs and if she runs up to this, she'll win it. As I said, I think she would have won that. I think they've left the group one on the table, <laughs> which is a... Um, <laughs> funny thing, they've left the group one on the table, I think probably trying off the... Slightly underwhelming run first up. I say slightly. I think for a lot of people, very underwhelming. For me, slightly. But for others, very. They've probably gone, oh, well, let's take it back a notch. And they're running the better race. (laughs) Ah, well, that's a shame. Have you got an exciting horse for us? That is just so exciting. I do. Hong Kong kicked off yesterday. For those that missed it, we've now got, I would say, the best form on the planet for Hong Kong racing. You are contractually obliged to say so. <laughs> <laughs> now we've uh, done a bit of work before the season returns. We've now got all the trials in terms of your video replays, the in-running comments. Which As you know, I'm absolutely mad for doing video trials. So I think if you're, if you're keen on Hong Kong racing, the big plus for us now is obviously we have the ratings to go along with everything else. 
Adam, you can also watch the stream live, which is another plus for mm. the site if you're a Hong Kong well, fan. Well, that's some video I can get into. Yeah. <laughs> so Lucky Swainess won the feature there yesterday, the Class 1. Swainess, what would you expect his progeny to race over? Um, I think I'd expect them to be weak finishing milers. Mm. So he's <laughs> a, he looks to be a really promising sprinter, Lucky Swainess. He's won with a leg in the air yesterday, down in the weights, but they ran on up in front. He's got the drop of them and put them to the sword a fair way out. Second horse campion, I think, goes really well. And pace-wise, interesting. They've flown up front. I'm not going to say collapse late, but the margin is a bit flattering to Lucky Swainess in that sense. I think they'd certainly cooked it. And horses first up, they've gone right into the furnace for this. But I'd imagine off that break, he'll only improve and... Hong Kong sprinting ranks at the moment are fairly thin. Yeah, so are, we, are you saying this is a horse that we should be looking for in a trial for the big sprint? I think so. He's rated 111 now, which obviously isn't going to win yeah, you that, okay. but to do that first up... It's not going to win you that, but it leaves you nowhere else to go, right? Yeah, yeah. so he's won a class one down the bottom of the weights, but he'll progress through to those better races, got a really nice profile, and that rating, 111... Have puts you got him, a like for liker? Haven't got a like for like, but he is the best son of Swain S. Wow. So Dad would have been proud when he tuned in yesterday. And who is the second best son of Swain S? Well, you wouldn't believe it. The computer's frozen. <laughs> the second best son, it's actually a daughter, the second best progeny of Swain S is Only Words. Ah, another. Now, she was a chip off the old block. So A little bit of promise and hugely underwhelming. Yeah. So lucky Swain S, he's had. I apologise to the connections with Swain S. I'm sure he's a lovely horse. I mean, we talked about Johnny O earlier. I mean, he had Swainess. He had people trying to. I think he had people convinced that Swainess was deep into the one twenties in a superstar. Briefly, he got the he got the Valley Committee to allow him to run in a Cox Plate, didn't he? Mm. Lucky Swainess, highest rated in Hong Kong, obviously, and the best so far. And I'll be surprised if he gets usurped. <laughs> then you've got only words, Signora Nera. Dragon Queen and Sound Impact both running in New Zealand. They're the only horses he's had run over 100. Well, I don't know how many he was supposed to have, so maybe the, maybe he's going just fine. Yeah, we don't know. I don't know. But Lucky Swain S is waving the flag proudly in Hong Kong. Yeah, I mean, if he sires a Hong Kong... i tell you what, he sires a Hong Kong sprint winner, he's been a raging success. <laughs> Big time. Yep. No, really promising horse. I don't think we're going to get a bet about him when he goes to his next start. Those ones are usually pretty well found, winning by three in Hong Kong. If you win by a big margin in Hong Kong, I remember talking to Gaz about this and he was speaking to Marrera and he said horses that win by more than two to three lengths in Hong Kong, they just keep winning. Do you know, this is a the interesting thing about that is that's a real handicapper's conundrum when people try to take models from the UK, France or Australia and plonk them into Hong Kong and it doesn't work. Mm. And that that is why. Because the margins are different. Yeah. Well, they're so compressed. Yeah. Like a two-length margin in Hong Kong is worth so much more than two lengths in Australia. Very true. Yeah. So, so lack of resistance, really. Lack of resistance and uh, they're well handicapped. And that's why you get – I mean, you see that as well in like Golden 60 running, you know, 133, breaking 133 for a mile. There's just no resistance, right? They can run really fast, which means it's impossible for those horses to put huge, huge margins on. They sort of – they reverse accordion. Mm. So finish close up. So for him to do that yesterday, I think really, really promising and one to put in your black book. As I said, betting-wise, I'm not sure we're going to get much of a chance. Everyone saw what he did there yesterday, but I think he can progress and be a serious player towards the back end of the year.